Now here we go. Hello and welcome to Parents Who Don't Understand. I'm your co-host Kurt, and I'm Chris. And tonight we'll be talking about one of the biggest forces in kids entertainment, Pixar, now part of the multifaceted, voracious Disney empire, and the various ups and downs of Pixar's wide-ranging kids movie offerings. And tonight we're joined by a very special guest, Sean Kreider of the film podcast Married at the Movies, where he and his wife Monica break down their varying opinions about a wide variety of movies. And uh, Sean, thank you so much for uh, coming on the pod. Thanks for having me, guys. So, Chris, I, I know that you and Sean are uh, are bros, and so you brought Sean uh, into the house. I'll kind of I'll, I'll kind of hand things over to you. What made you want to uh, talk about Pixar? <laughs> well, I, I mean, you said it's it, it is one of the biggest forces in kids entertainment, and uh, it's kind of unavoidable uh, right now. And uh, not just for ki- and I think this this is part of what I also want to get into is it's not just for, uh, you know, it's it's aimed at not just kids, but it's, they're trying to bridge the divide between kids and adult entertainment as well, not just like a few jokes here and there. Uh, and the reason I wanted to bring Sean on is because I knowing Sean, he's one of my best friends. He he's a big Pixar devotee. And, uh, you know, being the, the the artist he is, uh, he he appreciates the fine art that they they you use at Pixar. Uh, so Sean, um, you know, I, I know we never really talked about how you first really got into Pixar. Uh, can you tell us about that? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I got into Pixar very beginning toy story, you know, uh, I remember it blowing my mind. I was a kid who was, you know, spoiled, had tons of action figures, tons of toys and stuffed animals and everything like that. And, you know, I, would often imagine if they would come to life and, you know, do things when we weren't looking, you know, etc. So Toy Story spoke to me on a very, like, personal level. Like, there were, you know, other movies that I loved, but this one felt like it was kind of made for me to a certain extent, you know? Right. And uh, I just remember my whole family saw it, which was a very rare thing. Like, we hardly ever all went to the movies together, me, my sister, and my parents, and we uh, just fell in love with it, all of us. You know, everybody had something that they loved about it. And it kind of became a tradition as the second and third ones came out to see them as a family. It, it's a very strange sort of film, the original Toy Story, because, like, in context, you know, here in 2020, like, almost all kids' films are CGI films. But Toy Story was actually doing something that really hadn't been done before. Like, you know, the the very first use of like full CGI in a film was Tron. And that was only like 12 years or so mm-hmm. beforehand. So, And there really hadn't been a whole ton of them since then. Um, I, I remember CGI in the early 90s and it, you know, seeing it at like the Franklin Institute or whatever. And they'd have like a little display. And you'd be like, well, that's kind of cool looking i guess but it wasn't it was like a weird thing and so there was an element of technology innovation that went along with the fact that it was also just like a good movie Mm -hmm. um and it's you don't really have that same sense anymore from pixar where like at the time and for the first few years of their existence they were like the cgi movie people who knew how to do that and eventually people caught up and now they're just 
I mean, everybody, no name studios can can do stuff that is, you know, better quality on a technical level than the original Toy Story. But I do still think that probably they and Disney have uh, something on the like aesthetic and artistic level that is still probably ahead of the competition. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's it's hard to put toy story in the proper context uh now like when when you said everything cgi because uh you know going revisiting to the toy story movies with uh my daughter uh we 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 kind of it was strange because we kind of went backwards we went four three two one because uh four came out (laughs) in the theaters yeah uh because um four came out in the theater so i wanted to take her to the theater uh movie theater and uh so we kind of just did it that way and then by the time we got to one it was just like the the animation degraded over time to the point where the first toy story almost you know is like one step above the dire straits video you know it's like <laughs> <laughs> right. uh but it's it, and, and but you said like it you know it, it's not just and, and i think that's what makes pixar stand out among them is they still have and attention to story uh, and like detail and themes that a lot of the other, um, you know, big players don't really put into their movies. Well, and also they put a lot of effort into the art style of their films. Whereas if you look at the DreamWorks CGI films or Lord help me, the like, um Chinese and like Taiwanese uh you know CGI films that they have have started making in like Netflix co-productions mm-hmm. they just kind of have like a a standard look to them like i i remember the first time i saw like cloudy with a chance of meatballs and uh what's that one with uh, the monsters it's like aliens versus monsters or something oh, yeah. um they they all just kind of look like the same movie mm-hmm. and it's like nothing against them as you know pieces of film but on an artistic level like different pixar films for for the most part some of them kind of drop the ball but for the most part at least the early ones each have a very distinct look like toy mm-hmm. story doesn't look like monsters inc doesn't really look like ratatouille they right. each like each of them have like a very specific look and feel mm-hmm. that still kind of set, set sets them apart even in my opinion from the Disney CGI films, which do kind of have that samey, like just mm-hmm. everything kind of looks like, oh, this is a Disney CGI film. Right. Well, there's that meme that kind of went around where they compared the faces of the main characters from all the DreamWorks and they're doing like that smirk with like the yeah, the raised eyebrow. <laughs> exactly. The, the raised eyebrow and, and, and just kind of like a, a smug smirk. And it was they even had the B the the uh, was that um, Jerry Seinfeld. Jerry Seinfeld. B. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I mean, I, I guess, well, here's a question, I, I guess, for Kurt. Do the Pixar movies work for your kids? Some of them do. Most of them do. Okay. Um, the one that, and this is this is where I, I'm going to screw up because, you know, to a point that I'm sure we'll get to later, I find it hard to tell some of the Disney films apart from some of the Pixar films. Mm. Like, I don't know off the top of my head if Coco is a Disney or a Pixar film. I think it's Disney, but I'm not actually sure. It's Pixar. See, like, that, 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 when you get to a certain point, that, that could be either. So, Mm. Coco was a huge hit 
um, in our house. My older daughter is very into music. She's very into playing the guitar or tr- trying to play the guitar. Uh, so she was very into that. Um, she's very into big, scary monsters that turn out to be friendly. And so uh, Pepita, the, the like guardian spirit and that she was very into some of the middle ones, she wasn't as much of a fan of. She didn't really care for Wally too much. She kind of liked Monsters Inc. Um, Ratatouille during quarantine, she got very into, and we got to where we were watching that every day. And then she got very into cooking, and she's still into cooking. Hmm. Um, so I, th- I think that probably Coco and Ratatouille are the ones that that stood out. We've hmm. watched all the other ones, but I'd say most of them didn't really make. A whole lot of an impression like n- apart from those two they didn't really enter into the 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 kid rotation which mm-hmm. is well known to all parents sean did, did you like continue going to see pixar movies as they were coming out or was there a time where you kind of dropped off and, and then maybe came back later yeah um hmm. i'm just looking through the list of the movies and yeah i definitely dropped off i remember seeing incredibles uh, obviously huge like superhero nerd so that was you know catnip um i remember definitely seeing that in the theaters and then looking at the list i don't think i saw another one in the theaters until toy story 3 and that's just because it was toy story 3 and that was uh six years later and then i didn't see brave in theaters i did see monsters university in theaters so i definitely i guess it was around like high school college I, you know, stopped seeing them. I would, I would catch them later on, mm-hmm. on Blu-ray or well, DVD at that point. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I definitely did kind of drop off. Um, and I don't know if it kind of coincided with a lot of people's like them, like dropping in quality slightly, but I, I disagree with that. Um, yeah. I missed Wally and up like completely. Um, really? I re- yeah, I remember I saw them both for the first time when I got my first HD TV, and that's only oh, because I heard I heard the color in Up was like tremendous, and then I sat there, I was like, why did I not see this? Wow. See, for me, it's funny you say that because for me, Up was the first one where I saw it, and I was like, this doesn't feel like a Pixar film. This feels like it could be a DreamWorks film. Um, the opening of Up is yes. masterful. It's very mm-hmm. good. Um, I, I mean, I, I do think it leans a bit heavily on we're going to play to the adults that are watching this, yeah. but I'm 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 OK with that as long as it's not the the entirety of of the film. For instance, I, I have criticisms of Inside Out for that reason. But after that opening, the rest of Up, for the most part, didn't really feel like it had that Pixar magic to me. Toy Story 3 yeah. did. And then, of course, after Toy Story 3 is Cars 2, which I feel like was when, for a lot of people, the magic kind of cracked. And they were like, oh, this just, like, I I certainly felt when Cars 2 came out that they were like, oh, we need to make some more Cars merch. And so we have to Mm -hmm. make a second one much more so than, like, we really need to continue the story of, uh, uh, you know, Lightning and his buddies. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. What are they doing in Radiator Springs? Uh, they, they don't even stay in radiators well, in cars too. that's what I was just going to say uh, Tressa came to uh, cars a little bit later uh, Tressa's my daughter uh, and I mean, she would have uh, to. Know, it came out in 2006. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She watched it as a zygote. Yes. I, I guess. Yeah, right. 
uh, I, I guess I, I mean like uh, you know going through she wasn't because it, it would pop up every now and then on uh, I think Netflix at the time and but she just wasn't interested uh, which was fine with me uh, but then um, she did watch Cars and Gar- and watched Cars two because she liked Cars one so much but Cars two is like just it, it it's a really strange movie because it's like they took it they took they made a kids spy movies with cars which and, and like completely like blow up the whole idea of the first one which is like you know you got to slow down and you know take smell the roses and and that kind of mm-hmm. stuff and then you have a, a you know a car you know a James Bond car voiced by Michael Caine you know zipping over evil russian you know cars it, it was ve- it's a very strange movie yeah cars 2 actually i'll confess cars 2 is the only Pixar movie I haven't seen in its entirety because I put it on, I fell asleep and I did not care to go back to watch the parts I missed. I, yeah. oh, that well, That's a real clunker. <laughs> it's such a cynical cash grab movie because every other, I mean, I guess it's only the second Pixar sequel, but um, it's very clear that they did the thing that a lot of kids movie series do when they need to continue where they take the breakout popular like sidekick character and they make the plot much more them centric like kids loved Mater mm-hmm. and he became like a meme and so they were like oh well why don't we come up with a reason to give him a lot more screen time because he's a popular character mm-hmm. and i remember thinking like this doesn't seem like something that pixar would do it would like that's the sort of thing that they do in like the animated shorts and i mean even disney for the most part in their their most money grubbing mode doesn't do that anymore like they haven't made an olaf centric frozen film and that's the equivalent of what cars 2 is it's like Mm, if frozen 2 had been like well let's make it about olaf now and it's like no that's for the direct-to-video stuff that we put on disney plus that's not for the main the main plot yeah yeah that's for the 25 minute short that they shoved in front of coco and then had to remove because people were so pissed about it (laughs) yes which which short was that it was Olaf's like Christmas or winter adventure or something. Oh. It was like a short musical Frozen thing. And That's remember, actually really good, though. It is. It is. It's not bad, but yeah. if you're going in and you want to see Coco, and then you right. get this like yeah. 24 minutes of Frozen for no reason, and you're not prepared for it, I can see why people would be angry. Well, well Sean, there is a reason, and it's called money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> To that, to that point, um, I do like that Pixar kind of – and I really do feel like this was something that Pixar brought back – was like the little shorts before mm-hmm. features. And they put a lot of care into them, and it seems like their mode is often that they'll take a particular lesser creative director – um, or like art, like leader, I don't know the correct terminology, and they'll let them kind of have free reign to do a short. It's it's kind of wild because that was a that was a big thing um, for a while in kids animation. It was like, well, it's not starting yet, but here's like a little thing for you to watch. Well, and you know, I, I do think they do a good job of nurturing uh, younger talents uh, because. Uh, just kind of randomly, not really searching for it. Um, my wife uh, bought a book uh, for Tressa, and it turns out 
it's a part of a series where they're highlighting some of the young Pixar creatives and they get to just tell their own story, use their own art style and stuff like that, you know, a little bit more about the creative. So it's, it's cool that they, they, you know, give those people a chance to kind of go out there. Yeah. And, you know, this is something, this is almost completely unrelated, but just an example of an interesting short film that they used to run before. It's not even really like a kid's movie. I guess it's kind of a family movie, but um, before who framed Roger rabbit, they showed uh, the cat came back short film that I, that we referenced in the last episode, which is like a Canadian production. And it's just like a weird, somewhat dark cartoon and it's strange and it goes on for about eight minutes and then it's done. And I really Mm -hmm. like that. And I feel like in a way it's kind of an ideal format to do something weird for kids because like you don't have to sustain it for an hour and a half. So anyway, I, I, I just respect Pixar for, bringing that back and doing like weird little artistic things. Like there is that one with like the paper man. Um, that was really cool. There's just like a bunch of weird little neat things that, and I don't know. I like that they, they remain open to experimentation and they do have that kind of sense of almost like studio Ghibli esque, uh, like puckish experimentation as opposed to, you know, the, the Disney brand integration oriented, uh, you know, kids entertainment factory. Mm-hmm. And now they have the Spark shorts too on Disney Plus, where they are taking you know the the greener like directors and and art supervisors and letting them run wild. And some of those are really fun too. Mm. Is there a specific um, director or art director at Pixar that you you know um, find yourself more drawn to? That's a great question. Um looking over the list of who directed what, because it's hard to keep track. Right. Uh, Pete Doctor, I think, and Lee Unkrich kind of come to mind, just mm-hmm. because Doctor did um, Wally, which I think is excellent. And then Unkrich had like a lot to do with the Toy Story films as well. Um, yeah, I, they're all great, <laughs> to be honest, like in different ways, yeah. except for... Um, you know, as we mentioned, like Cars 2, but yes. um, yeah. yeah. And then, of course, Brad Bird, I mean, who yes. went on to make I, amazing I, non-animated films. And, you know, it, Incredibles is still one of the best superhero movies out there, for my money. I, I, I really enjoy The Incredibles. Um, I, I think, you know, there, there's a criticism that's kind of became became a meme is that it's almost like randian and it's objectivism i i do think that's overstated a little bit um you know it's you know ultimately i I don't think that's necessarily there uh in the in the whole idea where the like you know the end where it's just like um uh the villain is uh it's not frozone is sam jackson's character Um, yeah syndrome syndrome yeah because i I've seen people say that, uh, you know, the idea that he is jealous of those with powers. So he has to t- bring them down to, to their level or to his level or, or something along those lines is almost like an objectivist kind of, you know, uh, will to power if, uh, you know, kind of message. But I, I think that might be overstating it a little bit. Um, yeah, I have strong feelings about, so, I, I mean, that's in it. That's an, that's, that's an attempt to read a piece of children's media as if it is primarily designed to message to adults. If you mm-hmm. made an adult film that was designed purely and primarily for adults, and that was the message, then yes, that, that may be it. But there's no way that a kid is going to take that away from it. From, from a kid's point of view, 
the 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 sin of syndrome is going to be that he tried to kill a bunch of people. They're they're not going to be like, well, what does this say about people's ability to to envy? It's not like, um, God, what's that? Uh, is that a Kurt Vonnegut story? Where he has to go Har- Harrison the Bergeron. Thank you, Harrison yeah. Bergeron. It's not. It's not like a Harrison Bergeron story that's barely touched upon. There's like three lines of dialogue that address even like why Syndrome is doing what he's mm-hmm. doing. For the most part, he's just an evil supervillain guy. And like, right. yes, there is a little bit of that. Now, I, I, I do think that if you look at Brad Bird's. Uh, filmography it does crop up a couple of other times and so it's it's entirely possible that that is like a recurring theme in his works but i feel like it it's like those people who look at steven universe and are like well this is going to teach kids the wrong thing about how to deal with complex emotional relationships it's like kids don't fucking think about stuff like that like you have to model things simply for kids where it's like don't hit your sister you can't Mm -hmm. be like it's okay to hit your sister if she's on fire and you're trying to put the fire out, like it, it's you just be like, don't do this. Do do this. OK, good. Done. So to, to me, that's just one of those things where like people forget that the films are not primarily made for them. They are the bonus audience. They are not mm-hmm. who it should primarily be interpreted by. Um, that said, B- Brad Bird, I really like as a director of kids films. Um, but to me, the issue is. The Iron Giant is better, significantly better than either of his Pixar films. Nothing against Ratatouille and The Incredibles. I love them both, but I, I don't think that either is as good as The Iron Giant. And so I'm like, I kind of wish he just stayed independent and kept making, you know, s- s- stuff like like that. Where mm-hmm. uh, it, it's it's just like I really love both of those films, but it's hard for me to to forget that the film he made before he was with with, with Pixar is just like an unparalleled masterpiece of children's entertainment to me anyway well yeah i mean i agree i love the iron giant uh and uh my daughter and really loved it too uh but you you know i you can't really fault them because if i remember correctly iron giant didn't do very well and no it didn't it didn't yeah yeah, and uh my understanding is he he seems to be a very um he you know he he, while he works with cgi he he loves uh hand-drawn animation and there's just seemingly no room for that these days, uh, unfortunately, uh, which is a real bummer because there's some like for Iron Giant, for example, is just a gorgeous, gorgeous movie. There's been a little bit of traditional animation. Um, I, I believe that in around 2009, Disney put out a Winnie the Pooh uh, film. Um, the name of which escapes me. It, it may have just been called like the adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. And that, that was traditionally animated. I, I believe and it was their first in like years and years. Um, and it's, it's quite good. It didn't, it, it didn't like blow up or anything. It didn't do especially well, but it's kind of neat because it's just like, it's, it's literally just like a new Winnie the Pooh film. They're not trying to be like Winnie the Pooh's back. And he's crazier than ever. It's just like a regular Winnie the Pooh film, which, which is, which is great. And like, I, I kind of love that. And that's also, I mean, we definitely need to do an iron giant episode at some point, but that's also what, what I like about the iron giant is that it is very much like a sixties Disney animation film 
that's just updated to be a bit more complex. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go too deep into, into to Iron Giant takes, but back to Chris's original question. For me, it's it's pretty much Brad Bird, and then and then it would be John Lasseter if he weren't a piece of shit. So yeah, <laughs> sorry. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I mean, there's a lot of stuff that was terrible about like Me Too, but that one like literally hit me hard because I do love the creative that he's produced and then just dashed by the human, you know, it's yeah. 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 That sucked. <laughs> well, and uh, you know, the, the, we were kind of just praising Pixar, you know, nurturing young talent. And uh, I mean, that was kind of what they were saying was that he was either like holding down specifically women creators while they might project a certain image and it might be true to a certain extent. Uh, it's you know there's always something going on in these large corporations uh that you you don't really know well wasn't um, there i mean i mean even uh, isn't uh i forget if it was the good dinosaur or one of the other ones that was their first film to be directed by a woman but then the director was like taken off of the film at some point and like creative control was like taken away from her and i i Brave, know, actually. Oh, brave! Thank you. Yes, I was going to oh, say. Yeah, I, I know that the Good Dinosaur was directed by a woman, but I, I, I felt like there was there was one before that too. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I believe it was Brave, and it was specifically because it was like um, I think it was Brave because it was the uh, you know it was like a, a female centered story, so they wanted to give it to a, a female director, mm-hmm. and then you know the, all that nonsense went down. Uh, so she 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 is credited, but she has like a co credit with a with another male director. Yeah, it's the um, only one that actually has a, a two people credited as directors. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, you know, speaking while we're on Brave, uh, I, Brave is like cute in parts, but I, I find the story overall to be kind of strange <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and, uh, and hard, hard to follow a little bit because it's just like, oh, my mom's a bear now. And, yeah. and, well, furry so, Friday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Furry yeah. Friday. Yes. Excellent. So to my mind, there's two problems with Brave. So so we, we actually, I forgot about this until we just mentioned it, but we did have a Brave uh, period briefly. And it was, uh, but, but my, my daughter only wanted to watch the part between where her mom first becomes a bear and then where she becomes like too much of a bear and becomes a danger to merida so there's like a 20 minute section of the film that she wanted to watch over and over again and so i was happy to oblige because that's what you do um but to me there's there's two problems with brave one is that the the inciting incident of uh her mom becoming a bear doesn't happen until fairly late in the film it's like 40 minutes in or something it's it's not like early in the film Mm-hmm. Um, like you would expect, you would expect it to happen like 15 minutes in or like 20 minutes in. And it's, a, it's, it's, it's for further in than like that. So there's a, there's a section of the film where you feel like you're not really sure what's going on. And the other yeah. thing is what exactly is the, the takeaway from brave? Because I've come up with two and one of them is, um, accept your lot in life and don't argue. And also don't, wish your mom into a bear those are the two morals i can come with from from brave as far as an emotional message well the second one i can get behind yeah Uh, yeah i i think it it is strange because i mean like she does somewhat use her you know uh abilities to help to help her mom at the end 
Um, but she, it, it still turns into she, well, she's going to be the ruler and that's all, that's all there is to it. Like, uh, so it, it is kind of a little like a, a, a know your role as, as the rock might say, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, like what's, what's Meredith's self-actualization. She wants to be an, an archer, it seems like, but she doesn't really get to, to be, um, no. she doesn't want to get married. And at the end, she, it seems like an open question. Like, like her parents don't seem to be like, oh, okay, you don't have to get married. She's just like, oh, well, I don't know. I'll think about it. Yeah. Um, it, it, she, she just, it's, yeah, it's, it's one of the first, it's one of the only Pixar films where there's not really a clear character arc. And it makes me wonder if it's because of that, that director switch. I actually, I, I guess that the good dinosaur also doesn't yeah. really have a, a very clear, and that, that's, I mean, I, I know what, one of the things we're, we're going to talk about at some point is good and bad. And, uh, the good dinosaur, ironically, more like the bad dinosaur. <laughs> it's, it's, really more, it's more like the nothing dinosaur because yeah, that yeah. movie is just so thin. Like, there's nothing to it at all. And everybody, you know, coming out, it was like it's gonna, it's a boy and his dog story, but the boy is the dog, and it's like, okay, well, why is that interesting? And <laughs> right. then you find out it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The good dinosaur really could have been a ten minute short, and probably should have been. Yeah. Um, and, and like it's a it's a cute idea. There are parts of it that are okay, um, and like the animation is beautiful, but it's just kind of like it's just whatever. It's it's like mm-hmm. a boy growing up, but he's a dinosaur, and. If 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 you didn't do that and have the dinosaur act like a boy and the boy act like a dinosaur, there really wouldn't be anything to it at all. It would just no. be a completely. In fact, honestly, that may have been better because then they they would have been able to spend more time on the character development of of the boy and not been like, look at how look at how different things are given that he's a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I think when they don't nail the story and themes correctly, uh, the movies kind of tend to just come off as uh technical demonstrations like you know we're talking about brave and it's they they work so hard on getting her frizzy hair uh perfect (laughs) and then like you know it doesn't have a really good structure or themes to it and the same thing with a good dinosaur where all the water effects are amazing like the like you said the animation is just gorgeous but you know it's just it's it's hung on this really rickety story frame yeah, that the movie's just so disappointing. <laughs> I remember I went to see it and I was with my sister and her stepson and um my brother-in-law and my wife and I was just like so excited like I'm going to show essentially my nephew like the Pixar and like the magic and the wonder and he didn't really love movies but he loved dinosaurs and I'm like Jurassic Park is like one of my favorite movies of all time and like we're sitting there and it's like 30 minutes in I'm like this this could get better it's like <laughs> 40 minutes in I'm like this this has to do something and then it's, it's over and I just was totally dejected yeah I, I mean Sh- Sean do you have kids I do not no okay I'm, so, a, I'm an uncle <laughs> I, I mean I mean uncle magic is very real so you know yeah. more power to you but um one of the things about kids is attempting to curate a memorable experience for kids is in some respects, a, a fool's errand. Um, sometimes, sometimes it goes off and it's like, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to think there was a night 
that we decided to go out and look for fireflies. And I was like, I know there's going to be like fireflies out and it was perfect. And we like, we, we walked around in the dark and there were fireflies everywhere. And it was like a warm night. It was like very magical, like very like, like, you know, very like, like uh, Steven Spielberg. But then there's other things that I've tried to do where it's like you, but you exert all this effort to get them to a place where it's like, I had a very memorable experience here as a kid. And you get there and this fucking sucks. And you're like, well, this didn't, uh, this is the one thing we didn't want to happen. <laughs> so, and, and I mean, the useful thing about, about kids is that oftentimes it will turn out that they had a good time anyway, because mm-hmm. they just like hanging out with people like, my my daughter after the fact has definitely been like do you remember oh, here here's a oh, actually here's a perfect example that is relevant for 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 perhaps a later podcast um Emmett Otter's Jug Band Christmas was re-released in theaters a couple years ago and it was my daughter's first theater experience and i was like she's gonna fucking love this movie and she's gonna fucking love going to the theater um and she had seen the movie before and uh she got most of the way through it and then just started having like a meltdown in the theater and she's like it's too dark i don't like this i don't like the puppets it's too big like she didn't like that the picture was big and then she was like i'm 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 done and this the the second half of it was i believe um the like jim henson like Christmas mashup where like everyone shows up and it's like the Muppets are there and the Fraggles are there and everyone's there. Um, and then like the, the Sesame street characters show up and I was like, that's going to be the real magic. And we didn't even stay for it. Like it started and she was like, I don't want to watch this. And I was like, but she's like, no, I don't want to watch this. But actually just the other day she asked me, daddy, do you remember when we went to the theaters and watched the otter movie and i was like yeah and she was like that was really cool and i was like oh okay good you remember it a little differently than i do (laughs) (laughs) i was i uh me and my uncles took my little cousin to her first uh movie experience we we saw over the hedge which is cute enough movie Mm -hmm. but you know, we're my, my uncle Glenn's like hyping her up. He's like, "It's gonna be so cool." There's a big screen like at the front. And it's all dark, and we're gonna get you popcorn and everything. And we go, we buy the tickets, buy the popcorn, and we go to walk into the theater, and she just like stops dead. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, "What's wrong?" And she's like, "I don't wanna." Like, Why not? Got him. So it took us like five minutes, but it turns out that she thought that my uncle said a big scream. <laughs> and then it was going to be really loud and scary. <laughs> and he's like, "No, it's a big screen, big picture, big picture." <laughs> so we we got her in, and she got a little restless and got herself caught in her chair. But other than that, it, it went off decently smooth. Yeah, my daughter was really bad the first time that we watched Frozen Two at home because it was too small. <laughs> um, and she saw it like three times in the theaters and we, we alternated where it was like me, my wife, and then me, or, or maybe it was the other way around. And then, and then when it was like on the small screen, she was like, this isn't as big. <laughs> yeah. Sit closer. It's a, it, 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 yeah, it's a fair it's... point. So um, I, 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 I want to interject, like, I, I'm really curious about the way that Pixar movies, um, appeal to kids because i actually feel like and this is just because i'm an adult i feel like most of the discourse is not about them as kids movies it's about them as as adult movies um and i i mean i didn't really grow up quote unquote with pixar movies because i was i was almost an adult by the time that they hit their you know 
fourth or fifth film. Like I remember Toy Story and Toy Story Two, and what's the second? It, it, was it um, Bugs Life? Bugs, Bugs Life. Life. Thank you. The, yeah, the forgotten Pixar film. The forgot. Yeah, really yeah. yeah, Ants with the Z. That's the one that, that <laughs> right. everyone wants. Um, and, uh, and, and so like, I, I didn't really ha- get that experience of growing up with them that I, I know that a lot of people who are a little bit younger did. Um, and I, I'm really curious about actually how they work as kids films, because I, I, I feel like I should have nostalgia for them, but the nostalgia that I have is like adult nostalgia for something that I watched when I was like 17 and not like kid nostalgia. <laughs> well, I, I, I think Sean and I are almost the same age. So, oh, actually, yeah, only yeah. a, a couple I'm a days day apart. Order. Yes, that's right. Uh, and uh, so, yeah, like I, I also grew up watching Toy Story uh, and Bugs Life and and um, things like that. And I, I know we had uh, Toy Story on in the the, the plastic clamshell VHS uh, yeah. capes, and and that got a lot of use. Um, but so, uh, I, you know, the toys. I think the Toy Story ones in particular really speak to kids because kids. That's what kids know. Kids know toys. So, so I feel like that those movies and and Finding Nemo also seems to at least uh, from my experience what with uh, oh like yeah my daughter. oh yeah fucking yeah I mean that like that like made it so that it didn't really matter what they did anymore <laughs> as a company right right uh, but like uh, I, we've tried to throw on Wally and she's just she wasn't interested uh, and like we've we've pretty much watched every Pixar movie with her and you know she she like watched them and was paying attention but she doesn't ask to rewatch them like she does the other you know other things we've we've watched like um except for Toy Story Toy Story is the only uh and and, and any of the four she asked and she likes four a lot actually because uh you know well first of all she's a kid so second of, second of all she <laughs> likes Bo Peep and Bo Peep is giving like actually stuff to do in, in four. And so she really likes that, um, that aspect of it, but yeah, you know, to, to your point, I, I, I don't think she really watches them as I think she, I honestly, she hasn't said this, but part of me thinks she thinks we're watching daddy movies rather than like, <laughs> you know, and, and she's not wrong. So uh, this is but, what adults watch. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I remember watching, wally and up for the first time and i'm just like are these still kids movies because do kids understand this do kids sit through 15 minutes with no dialogue of just a robot in a gorgeous post-apocalyptic world like no the answer is no they don't yes i I assumed as much but thank you for confirming (laughs) yeah you're asking a lot of heavy lifting from people uh, you know with a smaller attention spans she literally asked me why isn't anybody talking (laughs) (laughs) um it's it's interesting too because for the most part pixar movies are not about children right some of them some of them are i mean monsters inc is really the first one that has a a really significant child role and the child doesn't doesn't talk because she's pre-verbal Right. Um, and then, I mean, Finding Nemo is technically about a child, yeah. um, a, a a fish child. The The Incredibles is more about the adults. C- Cars isn't, Ratatouille isn't, Wally isn't. R- really, like Up, I, I guess, like Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo and Up are the are the the from the first ten movies. Those are the ones that are the most about children. Mm-hmm. Um, and not that like kids movies need to be about children, 
But I, I, I would suspect that that is part of why Finding Nemo blew up so much is that they accidentally finally made a film that was about children. Mm-hmm. Um, but to the question of, you know, are they making kids movies or, you know, movies for, I guess I would say movies for grownups that like kids movies is, is what I would say. Um, I think that most of their best work works equally well as either like Ratatouille, I, I think for instance, really comes across fine to a kid. So does the Incredibles. Um, and to, to, to put like an even finer point on it, it works equally well for both young kids and older kids in a way that I think that finding Nemo, for instance, skews much more towards younger kids. Yeah. Um, but then some of their later stuff, I, I feel like doesn't really know what it wants to be a- apart from Coco. Coco is a very clear kids movie that again, I, I thought it was a Disney movie for a second. The one that I, I think is the most an adult movie is Inside Out. And it's also the mm-hmm. one that I like the least. Um, mm-hmm. Because even though it is about a, a child, it is about childhood in a way that I think only a teenager will be thinking about childhood. Like a four-year-old doesn't have a sense of lost childhood because they are a child. <laughs> right. Uh, I The only... Uh, I have anecdotal evidence of that, but... Uh, my daughter loves Inside Out. Um, she she doesn't uh, at, like I said. She doesn't really ask to watch it again over and over again. But uh, we have uh, a book uh, retelling the story, uh, and um, she does ask to be read that story a lot. Um, and I, I, so while I don't think she's like you know vibing on the the nostalgia uh, you know uh, wavelength that inside out is really working on um she does i, I it's still a, it's still i think it still can work i i don't know what kids get from it like you said the honestly designs are very kids movies. yes probably yes. the most out of out of any pixar film yes that comes uh, apart from maybe like coco yeah. and mm. finding nemo looks yes. very kid i i take it back and, and cars yes. um but but yeah, like like the the characters in Inside Out are designed like children's characters. Exactly, and and there's a lot of action and and um, some slapsticky type humor. Uh, but I, and kids honestly, love Louis Black. They love yes, him. Of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, honestly, I, Inside Out has become one of my favorite Pixar movies. Oh and, no! Um, oh no! I know. You're outnumbered here, Kurt. I know. Yeah, I, I, I would hate say, that. I hate. I hate Inside Out. I hate it. I hate it. I I think it's a work of genius, to be honest with you. I uh, just the, and I understand it's not necessarily for kids, and that I mean, fine with me. I don't have them, and I'm not one. So, <laughs> so what do I care? But <laughs> no, honestly, like I I think just uh, on an emotional level and on a storytelling level that that everything clicks in that movie for me. Um, yeah, I can't say enough good things about that movie. Let me tell you why I hate that movie. And it, it's because I can see the Pixar f- uh, formula very, very, very clearly. And it's the same okay. reason that I don't like up as much where the parts that are designed to emotionally manipulate you in the way that, that all good art does are so underlined and transparent that it reminds me of like in an action film when 
the action hero's best buddy dies at the beginning so you feel bad or like where like the kid dies or the dog dies the like up and inside out to me feel like like the dog dies the movie where it's very 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 it's it's like they're both well written Mm-hmm. But the the emotional component to me in Inside Out and Up comes too clearly from putting a sad event in the movie and not like a theme that you have to think about. Like, and and th- I, I I don't mean that it's like it's a bad film. I, I just I just hate it. Like I I don't like <laughs> feeling like a film is taking the easy way to getting emotions out of me, and that's what Inside Out. Mm-hmm feels like where it's like oh look like her parents are trying to connect with her and they're screwing it up and now she feels worse and she goes to a new school and she feels bad and again like i i can't even really like criticize that aspect because that's all stuff that a kid would would understand but there's just something about it that feels too manipulative it, it, it feels too obviously manipulative like when you're watching them like a when you're watching a movie like war horse and they play the really sad music when the horse is dying and you're like oh <laughs> this is where i'm supposed to cry i feel sad that's, that's what yeah. inside out feels like to me it's too transparent in the way that it's trying to be like we're gonna make the adults cry and again hmm. i don't have anything against that it just feels inelegant to me compared to something like like the earlier Toy Story films, although I, I also have this criticism about Toy Story 3 and 4. I was um, going to ask you about Toy Story 3 because I feel like, even though I love it, I think that's worse to me because I think Inside Out, the elegance comes from it. The movie is not about the sad things that happen. That's you know? true. It, yeah, that, that's true. It's more about how you deal with them and not necessarily you, like the kid but you know how uh i don't know just how to deal with your emotions essentially you know uh, yeah i'm sorry go ahead no no the conflict is internal within them and not that this kid has to move and you should feel sad because the kid feels sad but to, to me, Bing Bong, in if, if Bing Bong were not in, in Inside Out, I might feel okay with it. Bing Bong is where it really crosses the line and is like, oh, what if your imaginary friend was now alone and then he dies? It's so sad. Don't you feel bad? Don't you remember that toy that you used to have? And, and like – Think about other films that that do that to you. Something like 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 the Velveteen Rabbit, where it's devastating, but it's just the thing, right? Like it just depicts the mm. thing. It doesn't it doesn't have this added layer of like look at this clever you know visual metaphor. Like there there are things about Inside Out that that I I do like, but to me it is the one that is just the most transparently manipulative as a whole. Your point about Toy Story three is is very true though. Oh, but 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 you know what though? In Toy Story three, there are other parts that make me feel a more complex emotion. Um, the way that they try to help, uh, what what's the what's the bear's name? Um, God, Lotso. Ro- yes, thank you. Yeah, Lotso. The way that they show Lotso's backstory is is a thing mm-hmm. that is sad in a more complex way where you're like oh it's really sad also he's a piece of shit um and, and whereas <laughs> uh, just just 
again, like the character of Bing Bong is too much, too much of the kill the dog to make you cry thing for, for, for me. It just seems, it seems like something that is beneath Pixar. And it's funny because I would actually point out Bing Bong as something that works really hard on me. Uh, and, and it's not even that I had like an imaginary friend or anything like that. I, I, not anymore, I'm, you don't. No, well, that's true. They, <laughs> Take it to the moon for me. <laughs> he, he, uh, I think, um, to your point about, you know, it's, it's, you know, paint not as complex as maybe you would want it. Uh, and, you know, I, I kind of take back what I said about, I don't really understand what kids are getting from an inside out because, uh, you, you know, using the visual metaphor of like, you know, happy memories are yellow, sad are blue. And sometimes you have to mix the two. And mm-hmm. I, I think that did help like uh, to explain to my daughter, like, you know, sometimes you have sad memories or sometimes you have sad feelings, you know, you, and that's okay. Like, it's not, you know, not, not something you need to shove shove away. It's something you have to like incorporate into yourself and learn to to, to deal with it and process it. Uh, so I, I I think that movie does that. Um, it, it like it might it might be too on the nose with doing that. Like it's literally saying uh, there's there's literally a character named <laughs> sadness. You know, so that that might be a little too obvious. But um, it, I don't know. It, it Inside Out really really worked for me. Um, there's and there's just some really good. Uh, gags and stuff too. Like I, I like the the uh, that when um, they find the the teenage uh, crush factory. That, that's funny. Yes. Yeah. That was funny. The part where the dad and her like crush are sitting at the table and the dad gets like the requiem for a dream like flashback. I thought that was that was re- really good. Um, the 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 part all the parts with the dad and the mom internal stuff was, was pretty funny. That was, that was a neat, like it it was nice to like cut away to that for a minute. Um, I think the other thing that annoys me about up and um, inside out and, and is, is that if I look at, Another film that's very emotionally manipulative is The Iron Giant, of, of course. But the 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 sad part to me grows out of the theme of The Iron Giant much more elegantly than it does um, something like Bing Bong in Inside Out or the 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 sad opening sequence of of Up, where like mm-hmm. in The Iron Giant. When he sacrifices himself, he's sacrificing himself because they've been making the whole point the entire movie that you can choose what you are. You've been designed as a weapon. You don't need to be a weapon. What do you want to be? And that this is what he wants to be. And he wants to effectively potentially die helping the people that he cares about. And so it's sad, but it's sad in a way that grows out of the the theme of the film. And so it doesn't feel like this is the part that's designed to make you cry, even though that is what it is and to, to me like the part in toy story 3 where they accept death is oh. <laughs> like what does that have to do with the themes of the movie it's yeah. it's well done it's well acted it's well whatever the terminology for filmed is in in cgi it's well rendered i i guess yeah sure. um but it, it feels too much like this is a bad this is a really bad thing that's going to happen um like toy story 3 is not about accepting your death uh, it's about it's about the opposite of that. Really, it's about like yeah. moving on and finding new reasons to to continue. It's not that if you accept death, the claw will save you. Although that was really funny. Um, so great. <laughs> side point: ha- Have you all ever seen the video where somebody edited uh, Toy Story three to end right after they accept death? 
No, it's, I have not. It's, it's like a YouTube video where somebody literally made their own special DVD of Toy Story 3 where they accept death and then it smash cuts to the closing credits right <laughs> after they all hold hands and close eyes. And they showed it to their family not knowing that it was a special edit and that people are just losing their minds. Um, and I, that, oh that to me is so brilliant. And if they, if they had ended it that way, I would respect it a lot more. Oh yeah. I, uh, I always, I, I, it's, I, like, it's like midsummer. I, yeah. Oh, I always mix up the ending with a uh, uh, T2 when he's going into molten lava, you just want Woody to have like the thumb up. Uh, so uh, Pixar, you know, Pixar started out, uh, their third movie was a sequel, uh, you know, Toy Story 2. And so why do like Cars 2 and Monsters University and Cars 3 uh, and and Toy Story 4 seem much more crass than something like Toy Story 2? To me, it's because they had proved that they didn't need to do sequels. Toy Story 2 makes sense because they had done two films and the second one wasn't particularly successful i don't believe and so it makes sense on a financial level that if the if the company is going to continue to exist then okay let's make toy story 2 that's our that's our film that that that's fine to me but by the time that that they did cars 2 it was clear like they had become a a a studio that was like we're going to do a new thing each time toy story 2 at that point was almost a fluke and Cars 2, they came back to the well, not because they didn't have new ideas, not because they were struggling, but because they were like, who wants to make a lot of fucking money? Um, let's make the movie about about Mater. And that I mean, that's the other thing is to- like Toy Story 2 feels much less crassly commercial than a movie about the, the goofy sidekick. Yeah. Well, is there anything to like in these later sequels? I love Monsters University. I do really you? do. I thought it was good. I, yeah, I liked it. I I don't know what it is. I think so Pixar and Disney in their sequels tend to have a really bad idea, which is the first movie was all about bringing people together. You know, The Incredibles like Bob realizes he needs his entire family. Um even if you go over to Disney, like Wreck-It Ralph, Vanellope, and Ralph, you know, like need each other. Wreck-It Ralph film is so bad. But, yeah, and by the way, it's, it sucks. It sucks. It's bad. Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't necessarily disagree, but they split them up. Then you know, the start of the second film, uh, yeah. Incredibles, literally starts what ten seconds after the first one ends, but then they split them back up, mm-hmm. and I don't want to see that. You put them together <laughs> for a reason because we all wanted it. Yeah. Because you made us love these characters and the way they work together. And then you split them up and take away everything that made the partnership special. Mm-hmm. Which is funny that I like Monsters U because that is what they did, right? Yes. But, but it's a prequel. So, right. yeah. you know, it makes sense logically. Yeah. And you you know at the end they're getting together because they're like this great partnership in the first one. Right. So which is weird because it's just, I guess the exception that proves the rule for me, but yeah, I, I enjoyed monsters. You, I thought, I mean, I'm huge into like character design. So just all the monsters movies are yeah. just yeah. plethora of like, Whoa, Whoa, how many arms does he have? You know, <laughs> like that kind of stuff. And just, uh, I loved like the college aspect of it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it, it works for me as a, as a, you know, 
bromance film. Yeah, Monsters – so Monsters, Inc. has a very well-realized setting, mm-hmm. and they continued that in, in Monsters University where it's like they they do a really good job in some of their films of taking the logic of the setting and extending it outward to make it feel like an entire world in a way that a lot of kids' movies kind of live or die on. Right. Like mm-hmm. like um, even something like A Bug's Life has a very clear sense of a world. And I think that the less successful Pixar films are the ones that don't do a, a good job of that. Right. Like mm-hmm. like the, the good dinosaur does not feel like it has a fully realized setting. Toy Story does. Mm-hmm. Um, Brave does not really feel like a fully realized setting. Uh, setting cars does even though i don't particularly care for it and i think it's it's deranged coco does <laughs> but but to like it, so there there was a lot of new depths that they brought out in monsters university that made it work for me and it all it also just like it didn't feel like a sequel because the characters were very different and it was yeah. kind of neat being like oh like um you know like sully is like a weird jock and it's like, well, how did he become friends with this kind of like dorky dweeby guy that doesn't really make sense? And and so it, it to me it was it was kind of neat getting to see that. It was neat. Um mm-hmm. I, I forget the the snake guy, um, but uh but it, it was yeah. or, Yes, yes, yeah, Randall. Um it was neat seeing him as like a dork and how he became like a prick. Like that was <laughs> that was kind of cool. It was a neat character turn and it was it was mm-hmm. well written compared to um you know, like the later Cars movies, I, I think are just kind of like, well, let's 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 keep going. On the other hand, I, I do think that the Toy Story sequels at least each set out trying to do a different thing. Mm-hmm. Like um, Toy Story Four felt a little bit on the nose with that. Like I, I have to say that the thing of a child becoming incredibly attached to like a piece of trash is a very real thing, um, and uh, especially like it getting left somewhere. Um, that was, that, that was a little bit, you know, sometimes on purpose, sometimes on purpose, that was definitely speaking very much to the adults, but like it it was a specific direction that they were going into. It didn't just feel like the, well, let's break the characters apart and make them deal with that. It felt like they were trying to like explore a new theme, which Mm -hmm. I, I, I am always in, in favor of. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm actually a kind of a toy story for, uh, uh, apologist uh i, I think I, I do i enjoyed it I, I i liked it a lot um i think the you know the the all all the bat the gags with uh um forky forky are is really funny yeah. uh, to, uh um I, I can't recall the the actor's name he buster bluth uh he uh tony hale yeah. uh hale he, yeah yeah he his performance is really great um in it and uh it, i mean it does raise a lot of like uh, ontological questions about when exactly do, you know, inanimate objects uh, gain sentience. But uh, it, it, I, I think I'm not exactly sure. So, so, that, you know, uh, at the end of the movie, Woody decides to become a quote unquote lost toy and, and go off with Bo Peep and live his life uh, away from being a, a kid's, you know, one kid's toy. And I'm not sure. Sh- I'm not sure if I ever, if I fully ever buy that arc, um, yeah. but uh, everything else kind of works for me. The, the, Oh, the creepy 
mannequin or uh, uh, ventriloquist dummies in, in the antique store is superb, superbly like animated, uh, you know, acted out. It's just really great. Um, so I, I, I like Toy Story 4 uh, a lot. I have such mixed feelings on that film. I just, it, what you were saying with Woody and not buying his arc, I was like livid at the film early on when uh, Bo's getting given away. And like for a second, like even more than a second, he actually thinks about going with her because like to, I'm sitting there and I was like, I've grown up with this character. I've loved this character and I've watched these movies so many times there is no way in hell Woody is like, yeah, I'm going to leave Andy. No, <laughs> no, 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 no. So like right off the bat, I'm like, Oh, they're, they're seeding this so that he is like, not going to be with buzz and everybody else. And then like, it just kept sinking in and it was like, I don't think I'm emotionally prepared for this. <laughs> like, even though I guess it kind of makes sense that he's, he's served like his purpose. And I think has to, like move on from, you know, he essentially needs to grieve over his loss of Andy and like, you know, find something new to do, like, Mm -hmm. which makes sense. But yeah, I don't, they tried to like shoehorn it in at the beginning. And I was like, no, 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 sirs. (laughs) It's just not how that character would behave. And then just, I don't, I don't like Forky. I don't, I don't know. Just, Design wise, like I just can't get behind it, and it seems like Olafy to me. Like, oh, it's need- very it. Yeah, that's that's a fair criticism. Um, mm-hmm. It is very much a character that exists to deliver a particular aspect of the film, where mm-hmm. it's like all of these characters have resolved their character arcs for the most part. We need a character to have bad things happen to, and to need to recover from them. So they created a character that was just that. Um, at the same time, like some of the humor with Forky was really funny where like he keeps introducing sure. himself as trash. Like that was, that's like, that's funny to me. I mean, same dude. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but also they actually made a series of, of shorts on Disney plus where it's like Forky asking the different characters from toy story to explain concepts like time and love to him. And it's actually really funny. Um, and like they're, they're short. They're like six minutes long. Um, I think, I think there's one about war, which is a strange direction for a kid's short, but it's, it's, uh, it's like, it's funny and it softened me a lot on, on that character. I, I do agree though, that it feels to, to the point about like, I, I dislike when I can feel, when I can see the gears turning in a film and it sounds Sean, like you have kind of like a similar thing where it's like, Oh, they're doing this so they can do some shit to me later. Um, and, yeah. and yeah, I, I think that. Forky didn't bother me as much just because, you know, deep confession, I really don't have that much of an emotional attachment to, to Toy Story for whatever reason. Um, I fucking hate Buzz. I can't stand Buzz. He's a prick. Oh. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, a whole shelf full of Buzzes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there is a Buzz Lightyear doll on the way to my house for Christmas. So <laughs> You should have got Woody, man. You yeah. Got Woody. Yeah. So uh, we've kind of hinted uh, at this, but um, Pixar is wholly owned by Disney now. Uh, it wasn't always no. the case, but um, along with you know owning and releasing Pixar movies, Disney also puts out their own computer animated films, 
And lately, they seem to be almost beating Pixar at their own game uh, with the Frozen movies and, and Wreck-It Ralph in particular are the ones that are really coming to mind. Uh, do, do you think Disney's doing it better now or is it still Pixar's game? It's a hard question to answer. I mean, I mean, part of it, and this is a different discussion, but part of it is what do you consider Pixar's game? You know, um, I still think that the Disney movies are still geared more towards kids, uh, like a lot more. Like Frozen to me is a, is a kid's movie, but I think Coco and even Onward have a lot more adult themes to them, you know, for for older people to latch on to. Um, the one that I would say I would put up there with any Pixar film is Moana. Yeah, I agree with that. I, oh, I yeah. think the themes and just the deafness which with which they handle that story. Mm-hmm. And there's like hardly any antagonist, but there's still so much conflict. Mm-hmm. And just, I, I think Moana like really does well in both uh, you know, adult and kid entertainment. Yeah, I feel much the same way. So I, I feel like the Disney films are very, very, very designed to appeal to to kids for the most part. And that's when they succeed is when they lean into the kid aspect, like Frozen, um, Moana, and Frozen 2. I really don't care that much for Zootopia. Zootopia to me feels like a lesser Pixar film. Big Hero Six I like, but it does feel like like a lesser Pixar film. Um, the original Wreck It Ralph I thought was quite good, and and it it doesn't really feel like a Pixar film, but I do think it's it has that that kind of essence to mm-hmm. it. Um, Ralph breaks the internet is 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 garbage. I thought it was so bad. It was like such a miscalculation. It was it, it felt like really out of date too, in like a weird way. Like like the 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 big really popular game was like a GTA clone. It's just a yes. strange direction <laughs> to take that series in. Like to yeah. make a like wow, going to the internet is super wacky in like 2018. That's a very strange. That's, that's kind of like a weird passe thing to make, and it just it just wasn't very good so to I, my I mind was expecting more aol jokes yeah exactly yeah very, exactly yeah i mean basically um it, it's a very like old man yells at cloud view of like social media and, and the internet hello, hello kids yeah exactly yeah yeah um yeah. so to me disney's cgi stuff does works the best when it is fundamentally a cgi version of a kid's film like like frozen or moana or Frozen Two, um, although I, I we I have mixed feelings about about Frozen Two on some levels, and I think that when they try to do the Pixar thing, I just don't think that they can really pull it off. Not all the way. It it really feels more like they hit the level of like DreamWorks than they do Pixar. And I'm not sure if that's like a design and aesthetic thing. Mm-hmm. If it's just it just doesn't feel like an original idea like zootopia to me does not feel like an original idea it feels like an idea that people have played around with a hundred times it feels like animal olympics or some like like 1980s you know see like uh you know kids cartoon it, it just feels like any number of of other things 
for the most part. L- likewise, Big Hero Six. Like they're they're not bad films, but they don't have that uniqueness of like let's do something really different that I think Pixar does a good job of. Well, first of all, Zootopia suffers from uh, DreamWorks face. The the, the lead fox, uh, he has that smirky, you know, raised mm-hmm. eyebrow um, affect, which uh, Pixar movies don't really fall into, uh, and DreamWorks movies really do, I think. So that's why I think Zootopia comes off kind of kind of comes off that way, uh, and it's also just it, it doesn't really have, it, you know, kind of has this weird bland like oh we should all live together kind of thing, but it's like. Yeah. Uh, it, you know, it's it's doing that by pitting uh, predators against prey. So it's like, who are the predators in this uh, analogy? That I, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, <laughs> good question. Uh, yeah, so many people went gaga over Zootopia, and I just I didn't understand it. Like we were talking about world building before, and so many people were like, "Oh my god!" Like the small animals live here, and it's like, "Yeah, did you see Monsters Inc.? Because that came out about 15 yeah. years ago and did the same thing." Yeah. I think I think with the even you're talking about the design and I think with the Disney movies they suffer a little bit because I feel that they have to mesh with the hand drawn animation character design like none of them really break free from the kind of stock Disney model you know even yeah. in Zootopia um Jason Bateman is essentially Robin Hood you know right. from the Oh that's true the yeah you got a good yeah. And they all have to stay in their lane of, you know, character design and, and worlds that I think Pixar just doesn't, you know, care about. They throw a caution to the wind. Everything looks different for the most part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like Frozen to me is kind of an ugly movie uh, in, in my opinion. It's not very visually interesting. The setting does not feel very fleshed out. It literally just feels like like two buildings on a mountain. Yeah. Um, there's really not a whole lot there. Uh, it doesn't have, I mean, like think about the, the intro songs, those big set pieces of all the nineties Disney Renaissance films where they all have that big intro song or like sequence where they show you the whole setting. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have like under the sea where they're showing all the stuff and they're going around, um, you know, the Lion King has like, I just can't wait to be king where they're running around all through the pride lands. You see the whole setting and frozen doesn't have that. And so it just feels like it just feels kind of like shallow compared Mm -hmm. to a normal, you know, Disney princess film. And I guess that Zootopia is a bit better, but I I think that Sean is bang on that. It feels like it just feels like, like old territory. Um, Moana, I, I, I think for me is the standout, Disney film that does feel like it gets to where it has that Pixar quality where like it's stuff that's unexpected. The, the actually that that's a big thing. The resolution of Moana both feels completely straightforward and also very unexpected in the way that most of the other ones uh, don't where like the other ones feel like, Oh yeah, that was uh, of, of course that's how they were going to end the film. And like, maybe they tweak it a little bit. Um, but that, that's the one that really, to me, that's the only one that feels like it could really be a Pixar film. And the music uh, is fen- phenomenal in uh, Moana, and uh, mm-hmm. you know as much as uh, Lin Man uh, Lin Manuel uh, Miranda is you know dunked on uh, on uh, you know the Twitter, uh, he- he's still an- a phenomenal songwriter, and uh, you know that 
the the music in Moana is just amazing and catchy, and uh, you, you know, you, it's and, and that's something that. Um, so uh, you know, the traditional Disney film has uh, you know the the that kind of uh, songbook type music, uh, where Pixar doesn't. They have. You know, at, at, at best, they'll have uh, a Randy Newman song to play over, you know, a montage or something like that. But um, they, they don't really do the, the level of like, a um, you know, m- musical style uh, numbers. Uh, and and um, I, I do think that sometimes not that you're necessarily lacking, but ki- kids really respond to music. And, and um, without that, uh, w- one we haven't talked about yet that I think uh, needs to be mentioned is Tangled. Uh, Tangled is... I, I, you're making a face skirt. Nobody can see that. But, uh, you know, I, 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 I've watched Tangled a lot because that one has been requested a lot in, in this household. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I don't know if it's now Stockholm syndrome or not, but I, I've come to really appreciate it has some, some good, uh, humor in, in it. Um, the, the songs again, I find are catchy. It does have a, a good appearance from Paul F. Tompkins, one of my favorite comedians. So I, I am, that makes me a little bit partial for it to it. Uh, but um, I, I think it has a pretty good story. You know, it's, it's the traditional Rapunzel story with, with some magical uh, elements added to it. But um, I, I think that it, it doesn't, I, I'm not going to say it's the best, but I think it's, it, you know, it, it needs to be up there. So when did, when did Disney buy Pixar? When did they become fully integrated? Well, I know Lasseter took over uh, Disney Animation Studios in 2006. Okay, well that that makes sense because it's shortly after that that they that they stopped completely eating shit um, and falling yeah. on their face all, all the time. Because it really like Bolt was the first one in a while that was mm-hmm. a success. And actually, Bolt is very much like a DreamWorks type film, but it's it's actually not uh, not that bad. But like if I have to look at like the early stuff around there, like Bolt, Tangled. Wreck-It Ralph or The Princess and the Frog, I have to go with The Princess and the Frog. It's just a better mm-hmm. film. It's it, it's it's a, like a good old-school Disney film. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I do think it's kind of... like If I have to choose between that and Tangled, it makes me look, wish that they had stuck with The Princess and the Frog model instead of Tangled. Although on a financial level, it's clear that, that they made the right choice. So like, yeah. I like Tangled. Um, it feels a little bit Shrek to me. And, and that's what I can't get past. <laughs> it, it it just feels like like Sh- Shrek without Shrek, kind of. So, other than Pixar and Disney, um, you know, there's basically every other kids' movie is computer animated these days. Uh, are are any at their level, or are they still kind of, you know, uh, trailing behind Pixar and Disney? I think the Leica films are on the level yeah. of Pixar. Mm-hmm. Um, they've had one or two misses like i saw paranorman and i did really like it but it it didn't feel like it was up to the standards of like uh, kubo um and i i feel bad that leica is like perpetually in like dire financial straits which really sucks um because like whenever i see a new film from that i get excited uh we saw that like abominable snowman or like yeti one and it was it was really good and i feel like that came out and probably made zero money so i I hope that they are able to continue making stuff because it's like weird and challenging and it reminds me of it very much reminds me of pixar when pixar was like four films in and you had that sense of like anything could happen they were giving they, they were doing stuff where you were like you can't do that 
in a kid's movie. Like there's stuff in like Kubo that is like weirdly violent and terrifying. And it's like, wow, yes. that's super weird that they went in that direction. Or like the box trolls is super gross and gritty and kind of looks like a tool video. <laughs> like, it's a very, it's it, so like, I, I feel like for, for me, like they're the only ones that have that sense of, especially the early Pixar. There's a lot of people who are chasing the Pixar dragon's tail. Mm-hmm. Um, of being like, well, can we get 80% of the way to, to, to Pixar? And I, I really like, I'll watch those occasionally, but usually I'm just like, I could be watching a Pixar film and it would be better than this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Leica is fantastic. And I actually, my wife and I saw Abominable. Um, we, we really liked it. It's it was a, good. It's it was a lot good. Of a lot to like in there. Um, you know, it doesn't necessarily hit the deeper, like levels that that Pixar or even Disney does, but yeah, I mean, it's so there's so much chaff out there that it's really hard. Like we saw Spies in Disguise as well, which is fun enough, but you know, again, it's you know very surface level. Uh, there is, and I I am remiss because I haven't seen them, but Song of the Sea and oh yeah yeah. Um, Something about bells, I forget. They're both by the same Song of Carols Irish. and Song of the Sea. Oh, and there's yeah. a third one that's coming out, I believe, that the, the the name of which escapes me. They also have a TV show called Puff and Rock, um, which has uh the the guy, what the hell's his name, uh, from the IT crowd, um yeah. and uh Bridesmaids, um and oh, yeah. Yeah, Chris O'Dowd. Chris O'Dowd, thank you. Yes, and like he's the narrator, and he's very Chris O'Dowd. It's literally just like his character from the IT crowd, like narrating a children's show, and like the narrator is always wrong about like what's going on. He's like, "Oh, I think this is going to happen," and and then like something else. And he goes, "Oh, well, I I didn't know that the, that was going to happen." Uh, that's, that's my <laughs> my Irish accent. Um, but uh, yeah, they're very good. To to your to your point, it's a long a roundabout way of me saying that they're very good. Um, they at times feel more like an adult film even though like the animation is very very kitty um like I, I feel like a lot of song of the sea especially was a little bit beyond our daughter who who is four so mm. but very very good and and i'm excited to see where they go next because they have a whole again much like pixar early on they have a unique visual and technological angle to them where they're doing that kind of like almost like monty python cutout style of animation it's very different and i respect that a lot and i think that it connects with kids too are there any dreamworks are there any dreamworks pictures that are worth anything i don't even literally have to look at the list yeah it's hard straight dreamworks and illumination because i feel like they put out the same level right now yeah, I, I guess DreamWorks to me is it will always be, um, you know, the, the Shrek company, uh, and you know, I, I think they're they're a good counterpoint to to Pixar because uh, while Pixar does do, you know, sequels as we were talking about, they DreamWorks wrung uh, Shrek until there was literally like no juice left whatsoever, and and so they're just millions of sequels and you know all sorts of spinoffs and and things like that. Uh, yeah, and um, you know, just just kind of br- browsing DreamWorks's uh filmography, and there's really like you know, Kung Fu Panda yeah. was kind of fun, but um, oh, I I loved Kung Fu Panda. Um, like the 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 martial arts stuff in that is really good. Like it was mm-hmm. better than most a- action films that yeah. that I've seen. Um, 
it definitely doesn't quite have like the Pixar magic, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it's good. Uh, I think most of them are pretty much just like cash grabs. Tr- Tr- Trolls is is better than it gets credit for, but just the fact that it's like a licensed property and it's Trolls kind of takes the shine uh, off mm-hmm. off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Sean, I, uh, Abominable was the DreamWorks one. The Leica one is called something else. It's like Missing Link or something along those lines. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, that was, uh, I liked Missing Link. It wasn't, it didn't reach Kubo. Um, DreamWorks, though, looking at Megamind is on that. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a really, really funny and entertaining movie. Like, I mean, Will Ferrell just goes nuts and Tina Fey plays opposite him so well. Um, yeah, I, we love Megamind here, but I've heard yeah. that the How to Drain Your Dragon series is supposed to be good uh it's like, okay well, yeah it's 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 very it feels extremely young adult mm. um mm. it really has that that you just get a sniff of it and you're like oh this feels like like a young adult thing like just like the structure is so obvious mm. where it's like oh he's the son of the chief he's supposed to be a great warrior and he kind of sucks and he's trying to it's very like harry potter type narrative and they have that like young adult world building where it's like oh there's 10 kinds of dragon and each dragon has a different you know characteristic and you need to know the sneaths and the blorthblats and the (laughs) the gornon platzes and it's like it just it just feels overly young like it just it just feels like one of those books that you can just like see all of the young adults, you know, stylings in it. So it's not bad. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, it's, it's pretty decent. The animation is kind of ugly and it, they just kind of look like DreamWorks people. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, it's certainly one of their better ones. So I, I would say, um, I actually think that the, the DreamWorks one that feels most like a Pixar film is probably Ants. <laughs> yeah. And it would make sense because they're like, oh, can we do this too? Let's just make something that feels like a Pixar film. <laughs> yeah, I've never actually seen any of the How to Train Your Dragon movies. It's because I have a deep, deep dislike for Jay Baruchel. I just, I don't oh, know why. Yeah. I, just, I can't stand him and I hate his voice more than anything. So not <laughs> so, a fan of Goon then? Yeah, <sighs> Goon's a whole other story we could get into. <laughs> Just the how stupid that movie thinks I am is so it makes me so angry. But that's a whole other topic. <laughs> Very not Pixar. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I think will be interesting is that Netflix has recently said that they're really committing to animation, and you saw with Klaus last year, which I thought was excellent. Mm-hmm. I thought. I loved the look of it because we don't get hand drawn, you know, ever except, mm-hmm. well, I'll say in the West. Yeah. Um, and uh, we recently watched uh, over the moon. I think it's yes. called. Yes. And that left me an emotional wreck. I, I feel like there was really? a lot going on there. Um, I don't know. Maybe it was just personal I, things like with me so and people I've lost, but I missed was, some of that film, but from what I saw was better than the other Netflix films that I saw, but there was something about it that felt, it just, it just felt 
I don't know. It it just felt like a photocopy of a photocopy of a Pixar film. Uh, it, it was it was better than their other attempts, though, and, and like there mm-hmm. were aspects of it that I genuinely liked. We got about halfway through it, and, and what we saw, we, uh, we kind of liked. We, um, you, I, I kind of wish they would have just stayed in China uh, in, yeah. in that setting. I agree. Um, yes, that was much more interesting and fully realized than than the moon. Uh, I, I thought, and uh, it, it was interesting because um, Netflix uh, in in making this this content, they poached uh, one of the one of the, the Disney creators. Um, his name is uh, escaping my mind at the moment, but he, he's the one who uh, directed this this uh, over the moon. So, so they're, they're, they're gate. They are like directly aiming at uh, Disney and Pixar with, with this. So, uh, and, and yeah, there's, there's, there were two like Netflix um, Chinese co-productions. One is like about a, a goose and one is about a robot and they are very much like knockoff Pixar films and they just don't work. If they're like they're clearly expensive and a lot of effort and time went into them and the script just isn't like it, it, it's a clear effort of it's a clear example of somebody trying very hard to execute off of a script that just isn't very good mm-hmm. um and i i think that that's that for, for me anyway for netflix that's the big challenge is like a lot of their original stuff the script just seems really crappy and i i, I don't know what it is that causes that but, but whether it's the kids stuff or um the like adult netflix originals it just it just feels like subpar even if the production values are there so mm-hmm. and, and and at least in a kids movie where the like the themes and tropes and everything are so close to the surface um i i feel like you really notice it like to use the example of like over the moon um there there's the part where she's launching up into space and then her uh like it's not it's not her brother it's like her step her like stepbrother to be i i think girlfriend's son yeah yeah is is suddenly in like the rocket ship with her and i was like okay that's a little like convenient pics like you know like children's film and then the the part that really took me out of it was when they got to the moon and there was a big like song like 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 song number that just didn't feel like yeah. anything it just felt it, you know what it felt like it felt like the part in zootopia with the gazelle where it's like we got a celebrity to sing a song here's the celebrity singing the song but they look like a character and i was like okay and there's rabbits on the moon okay fine like yeah. it just, it just yeah. didn't have any particular magic to it it just felt like what what would you do in a kids movie? Oh, you would do this, and it, it was the same thing in those other films. But uh, again, I, I do think that the the emotions and the characters and everything in Over the Moon were were a lot better. There's just something about it that still didn't quite click for me. Yeah, I don't know. I I found something admirable about the whole like moon dance sequence. It's like okay, wow, we're taking a big swing here, and you know like at least they're taking the bat off their shoulder where i feel like so many other studios are just couched in this like just middle of the road type thing yeah mm-hmm. like sing um yeah it, it's just like uh, all right it's just a, it's just it's this kids movie the movie it's like all right well all right cool yeah. I, I also want to give over the moon credit for depicting um a kid going through a parent uh getting you know a chronic illness and, and eventually passing away like that's you don't often see, I mean, parents die in kids' movies all the time. You don't often the see the process 
of it or or like i mean it's not it's not as if they depict it in excruciating detail but you still you see her you know start slip a little bit start using a cane start using a, a wheelchair and and that's important to see that stuff because not it's hard to find media depicting that yeah totally and and i appreciated that theme of grief and coming to terms with loss in onward as well back to like the mm-hmm. pixar theme um yeah. it was like very well done um almost was like better done than the than some of the other parts of the movie deserved i felt like like that was a movie where like the themes and the characterization was really strong and the mm-hmm. setting was actually a little bit too obvious for me it was like oh it's a modern fantasy setting i've kind of know exactly what it's going to be it, 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 it was still good um mm-hmm. but it, it did feel like Pixar felt like they had struck on something really unique that actually like hundreds of people have done before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. When, when D and D is like one of the biggest, like, you know, uh, pop culture touchstones these days. Yeah. It's, you're not treading new ground. So, uh, Sean, do you have any final thoughts about, uh, Pixar versus Disney or, 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 or Pixar in general? I mean, I just, I love it. <laughs> it's hard. It's, it's getting to a point where there's kind of a certain weight of expectation every time I see one. So I get kind of, it's almost um, like star Wars in that sense mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, this better be good because I can't expend the energy to defend another like <laughs> decent movie to people that think it's, you know, hot garbage or whatever. Yeah. But like I said, I'm, I'm bolstered by the fact that I think they are departing from the more milk toast stories and starting to go like, I'm very, very excited for soul to see, you know, something that's way out there again and dealing with new worlds and building, you know, completely different character models and, and just pushing the envelope and expanding things because ultimately Pixar, their, their edict is all about storytelling. You know, it, it they've, constantly completely destroyed films and built them back up because the story doesn't hold together. And so I personally, you know, really admire that in, in the filmmaking and just kind of as a designer myself, like I kind of internalize that as my, you know, driving force, like whether or not it looks good aesthetically, that's subjective, but does it tell the story you need to tell? And I feel that has always been their bread and butter. And the thing that, they continue to be good at is that there's a core story that they get across in usually very innovative and creative and inspiring ways. Yeah, I agree with that completely. There's an intentionality to the way that Pixar films are structured and the way that the setting fits together with the theme. A lot of other kids movies feel like those two things are completely apart. Like maybe the best examples of this are like, shrek or like a b movie um where like a b movie starts out feeling like okay it's like about insects in the insect world and then like it just goes in this weird direction where it's like we've got this theme but then it doesn't really fit with like the setting of the movie It, it, it feels like they come up with like oh what could a kid's movie be? Well, it could be like a hive of bees and they're all, they talk and they have their bee lives. Okay. We're going to make it about climate change and the the bees dying off. And that means it has to be about responsibility and speaking up, I guess. Whereas like a Pixar film feels like they go, okay, here's a setting. What story can we tell? 
and if they don't have both of those things clicking, it, it feels like they don't move forward to Sean's point. Like it feels like they are dead set on both of those things really working together and meshing. Whereas, you know, DreamWorks, some of like the, the international productions just feel like they go, well, we have to have a theme this time. It will be dealing with your anger and it's going to be set uh, on a beach. And that's okay. So the denouement is about getting angry at the beach and, you know, we're going to have like, different beach that like, it, it, it just doesn't like it doesn't fit together in a way that Pixar films do and everything kind of nicely clicks along and uh, again like I, I have to give them credit for like continually finding a way to push the envelope in some way whether it's technology whether it's like plot and thematic development um, they have for the most part never stopped and rested upon their laurels in the way that I, you know, they could be on the eighth uh, finding Nemo film if they wanted to, and they would probably still be making tons of money. And I do give them credit for that. Uh, my kids still like the films. Um, you know, I do kind of think that when they're a little older, they'll probably like them more because in terms of kids entertainment, I do think that the themes tend to sometimes be a little bit too complex for young kids, not always like, like Ratatouille is very straightforward um, where it's like, Hey, you know, try, let the rat control you. That's I, I guess, <laughs> you know, it, but it's like, you know, try cooking, I, I guess is the theme of uh, a Ratatouille. You know, you can, you can do this thing. Cool. That's, that's a theme that kids will, will grasp. And so I, I think it's not, it's maybe not the best case scenario for kids entertainment, but it's near, it's near the best case. And I don't mind watching them either as a grown up. Yeah, hey, Pixar gets knocked f- for being, uh, you know, I-, I think we've talked about this before a lot, uh, but being adult movies that are somewhat window dressing, you know, for kids. Uh, but I-, I think I'm I'm appreciative that there are uh, sophisticated kids movies out there that you know it's not the run of the mill, and that, like you said, you know they can revisit then as they grow older and appreciate more and more. Uh, some of the, my most rewarding uh, films and TVs has been stuff that I loved as a kid and then revisited later and realized, Oh, there's way more depth mm-hmm. here or I'm understanding way more of the jokes uh, and things like that. And so I, I, I think Pixar does a good job of not just making a disposable thing for the first two weekends of a box office, but they're making something that will last uh, and, and be able to be revisited and, and for, for years uh so i uh, yeah it's 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 they're it's 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 a pre- it's very appreciative uh when when we get a chance to put that on the house versus whatever uh random stuff is found on netflix absolutely so sean thank you so much for uh for for coming on this has been an awesome discussion uh tell us a little bit about married at the movies sure yeah um so my wife and i love movies obviously we go all the time and then you know, on the way home, we discuss and often disagree of so much about, you know, what we just saw. Um, so, you know, we've always joked like, eh, we should do a podcast. And uh, in October, I came up with this idea called Hank's Giving, where starting on November 1st, we decided we were going to watch one Tom Hanks film every day up until and in, including Thanksgiving. So with that, we decided, you know, what, let's just 
do the podcast. So we deep dive into each of the Tom Hanks movies that we're seeing, and uh, we've agreed on most of them. We haven't agreed on a lot of them. And uh, we realized there's a lot of ones out there that are classics that we don't really know why. Uh, but uh, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So we just, you know, discuss movies, what we've seen, and um, then uh, we rate them one to 10. The, the interesting thing, uh, too, if you're following along, is uh, Sean's developing uh, frustration with Meg Ryan. Yeah, oh. yeah, that's hard. It, it's hard to understand, isn't it? What was going I on? I just there? don't get the appeal on almost any level. I just don't. I really don't. And she shows up again like two more times in the list, I think. And it's like, why? For for me, I I, I think it's gotta be cast away as, you know, early two thousands as that film is. It's just it's just an awesome movie to me. But um and so so Sean, again, thank you so much for, for coming on. Where can people find your podcast? Yeah, we're on SoundCloud right now, soundcloud.com slash married at the movies. Uh, we're also on Instagram at married movies podcast. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again. And thanks everyone for listening to Parents Just Don't Understand. Have a great one. Cheers. See that it's our death.